0: Hello, and welcome to episode 193 of SMARTS, which as we all know stands for...
1: Supergirl must assiduously repair tarnished status.
0: Ooh, yes she must. Ooh. So My name is Rediger Q Podcaster, a.k.a. Trevor, and Hi. your name is...
1: Julia Guglia of internet fame, dash podcaster.
0: That's right. E. So we have only one news item this week. Oh? So um, in keeping with... So we have talked... We talked a few weeks ago about Marvel announcing a bunch of animated shows... For Hulu, mm-hmm. right? There's going to be like the MODOK show and the whatever the Hit monkey show and whatever else, the Howard the Duck show. Yeah. Um, and obviously they've been announcing a lot of live action shows for Disney Plus, mm-hmm. but they also have live action shows for Hulu, just Runaways right now. But I imagine that, you know, they might be folding some other properties in there. And they've announced um, two new series, or rather Hulu has announced that they've um, ordered from Marvel two new series. One uh, calling a, uh, starring a character called Hellstrom, who's going to be kind of like a supernatural horror, kind of like a Constantine kind of thing, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And the other, uh, a Ghost Rider series. <gasps> and what's interesting is that Gabriel Luna, who played the character on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., will be reprising the role for this. No kidding! Now, what makes it weird is that...
1: The way it, the, the way it was well, left they, at the what end of...
0: they, What they say is that this, is that this will be separate from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or independent from it or some weird phrasing like that. It certainly makes it sound... Like, although it's the same actor and the same character, it won't be in the same continuity.
1: Interesting. Which
0: is weird because, I mean, everyone who watches the Marvel TV stuff knows that up until the uh, up until the Disney Plus stuff comes out, the TV stuff is sort of off in its own separate thing from the movies, for better yeah. or for worse. Mm-hmm. But the TV shows have at least so far been, been fairly internally consistent, you know, like there's right. nothing that happened on... Agent Carter that completely contradicted something that could happen later on Runaways or whatever. Even though they're on different networks being run by different people, there's nothing that happened on Jessica Jones that contradicts something that happens on Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., for example. But if you have the same actor playing the same character, but like we, you know what I mean? We see his origin as Ghost Rider and it's completely different than his origin in Ghost Rider and Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., for example. Yeah. There's not really any way to square that aside from the fact that.
1: Like a multiverse. Yeah.
0: So I think I think what we're seeing is, I think what we're seeing here is the first indication that that the TV stuff is sort of um, breaking away from what it has been mm. um, with the whole Disney Fox merger and that more of the TV stuff coming under Marvel Studios purview directly. Like Kevin Feige is producing all the Disney Plus stuff. He's not producing this, but I think that we're going to see that. It wouldn't surprise me that like the, all the Netflix shows were canceled it wouldn't surprise me if everything that's not on um abc or hulu or i mean even abc is disney owned also i don't know it just seems like we're seeing a transition from the tv stuff being kind of inconsequential to the tv stuff sort of kind of rebooting in a way so to line up more with the movies and the disney plus stuff being at the at the forefront of that cuz it will actually have the same characters and and creative people as the movies but potentially also this new initiative. Now that Hulu is not just something that Disney owns part of, but basically owns the majority of, mm-hmm. which is now the situation now that they've acquired Fox. Um, I think we're going to see the the stuff that's on Hulu become um, more official, kind of. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, theoretically, like it's this new version of Ghost Rider that we see on this show that might potentially show up in some movie or something. I don't know. I'm just speculating. Um, I guess it is possible that they could find a way to keep it in continuity with the Agents of Shield. Sometimes these initial um, press releases are kind of confusing because the people that write them don't necessarily know all the details, or mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah. Like the, the person who's drafting this press release might not have seen a single episode of Agents of Shield. They might have just been told to say, "No, this is its own thing," you know, mm-hmm. and they might constru- they might word it in such a way that it gives us the impression it's out of continuity or in a different continuity when that might actually be the case. So we'll have to wait and see. I mean, at least, I mean, the actor did a good job with that. So I'm glad he gets to play the character I more. know, me too. It really did feel like they were setting him up for kind of a spin-off there. Yeah. Um, and I think that Hulu is probably a better place for that than ABC. Because I, I think that the, the, the tone and content of something like Runaways. Yeah. I mean, although it has like this adolescent focus, mm-hmm. um, the slightly more adult, slightly more mature, sli- ever slightly more graphic stuff mm-hmm. that they can do on something like Runaways versus something that's on ABC in primetime. Yeah. It's probably suiting the Ghost Rider thing more. So the, the premise here is that he's going to be um, on the southern U.S. border, like the border with Mexico. And mm-hmm. he's going to be, you know, avenging the innocent and in struggling to control the demon inside him or whatever. Kind of what you would expect from a, you know, Hispanic mm-hmm. lead Ghost Rider series, basically. Um, so, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. It's just sort of the continuity thing is sort of the, the weird thing. Because the initial press release didn't mention Gabriel Luna at all. And then later it was clarified to include him. But then they had to say, well, but forget the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff. So who knows right? what the deal with that is going to be. But it'll probably be at least a year before we see any of this. But it'll really be interesting to see how they do that or whether they acknowledge the other thing at all. I mean, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like they'd, they'd have to kind of go out of their way to, if they want to have their own origin story, that's one thing. But you could just pick it up with him being Ghost Rider. Yeah. And solving mysteries and not mention the other stuff, but not contradict it either. Right, and it wouldn't be that hard to do that. Like you don't have to mention his brother in a wheelchair or any of the other stuff. You could just start fresh. Say like, yeah, I had some adventures up north, and now I've come down here to reconnect with my roots and you know solve crimes basically, (laughs) and just go from there. You know, yeah, treat it like the other stuff was a really long backdoor pilot, basically. Anyway, we'll see what they do, but Mm -hmm. that's but that's good news. It is good
1: news. I'm excited.
0: So that's it for our news. Only the one thing. What was your comic of the week?
1: So this week I picked uh, Green Lanterns or whatever the The, title is. The Green Lantern? The Green Lantern. Sure. Yes. That's the guy I picked. Um, Basically, Liam Sharp is a master artist and
0: who wrote this? Grant Morrison.
1: There you go. (laughs) I thought it was him, but I was like, no, he's not writing small time stuff like this. But he is. Um, So I really enjoyed this issue. It was... It was very mythical in its tone, and and you think that it it felt like a one-off. basically Hal Jordan is trapped inside his ring fro from the explosion from last issue, and um it picks up in a in a dark mythological place where every, the entire environment is out to get you and consume you, uh, and we have this protagonist, this heroine who is running away half blind, half mute, half death and she's somehow surviving uh, in this environment and we find out that this is the mm, encapsulation manifestation manifestation, yeah, of the the ring itself and um, I I appreciate a good anagram by the way and what else Um, and then you see Hal Jordan in here as well and um, they sort of run away for a little bit, but then he remembers what's happening and he knows that the environment is being controlled by the wizard that's trapped inside the ring, who is consuming power in order to make the environment itself. And so he convinces him, um, Merwidden, that um if if the if any of them are going to survive, him included, that he has to stop what he's doing and conserve power so that they can have one last Hail Mary. Uh, power play and use the last bits of their power to try to get within reach of help. So good, so good. So that's why it's my comic. Book.
0: Yeah, Grant Morrison likes to do issues like this that are kind of. There's,
1: it's a one-off. It's so well, insolent. I, if
0: you look at every issue, I mean, if you look at every issue of his run so far, most of them have told like a complete story in the issue, yeah. but it still follows from the events of the previous yeah. issue and tell a larger story. Mm-hmm. Um. He's done stuff that's a lot more serialized, like his JLA. Like you, you've you read the first few arcs of his JLA stuff and it yeah. was very much like, here's a three-parter, here's a four-parter. And it was like, you could read it in one sitting, each of those right. little arcs, and it would seem like one long story. But then he did stuff, he's done stuff later where each issue was like its own story, but sort of, you know. Yeah, somewhat I, I know. connected. He, he it, to... it
1: almost like felt like a command, you remember the commandee challenge where the ending is picked up the next time by yeah, the next it, issue? It is,
0: it's kind of, I mean, it is kind of a lot like, it's it's like the I don't know what you like kind of like Star Trek Discovery or something or the CW shows versus the Netflix shows, right? Where the Netflix shows were like basically like a a twelve hour movie or something, mm-hmm. whereas a season of The Flash on TV there is an arc and each episode falls from the previous one, but each episode will usually also tell its own story, often with like its own characters that are only in that episode or mm-hmm. a villain that they defeat at the end, and each character has like an emotional arc in that episode, and it's kind of the same here. Like you could see this being a special one-off episode of like a Green Lantern TV show where this is a season-long arc. In fact, he's even said that because he's gotten, he's been doing less comic stuff recently as he's been doing more stuff with TV and movies and magazines. Right. And his brain has sort of been rewired to thinking like the season-long arc model as opposed to the more Mm open-ended mega stories like he would tell with Batman where it's like one long story over like 80 issues in six years or something like that. So he thinks of this first And whether he'll do more seasons or not, he said like he's conceived of this, his Green Lantern story, his first Green Lantern story, Green Lantern story is like a season. Mm -hmm. And each issue is like an episode in that season. So he's very much thinking of it in that TV model where each issue is its own self-contained story, but still feeds into the larger story. And then there'll be like a season finale at the end. And then maybe he and Sharp will take like a few months off or so on and come back and do season two and hopefully, you know, or maybe he'll come back with a different artist or maybe he's only going to do. Mm-hmm. One season, which I assume will be 12 issues, who knows? But, but he is it's interesting that he's structurally it's very different than most of the other stuff he's done, yeah. So,
1: I yeah. really enjoy it,
0: yep. And so, my pick of the week was The Dreaming, number nine. Oh, um, I really enjoy this because it, I there's it as it goes on, it's paying off more and more stuff from the old Sandman series, which I read you know you 15 go? years ago, and so a lot of I don't remember. I do remember. I mean, I remember a lot of the basic characters, mm-hmm. you know, like Merv and Lucian, and so on, like that, and Matthew the Raven, and you know, the New Dream, Daniel, of course, himself, and some of the other characters. But, um, but this issue, um, so uh, I'm forgetting her name. Well, Merv Pumpkinhead, yeah, oh, yeah. but I'm forgetting the name. Is it um, do- what's the name of Dora? The, the fi- Dora, that's right. I couldn't bring it to name. So Dora and Matthew, right? Is Matthew is there with her? The Raven. The, the Raven is. Yeah. So yeah. they they're go- they're off in search of Dream, and they they find their the um name of that oh, my names I'm bad with names today. <laughs> the um Baku, that's it. It's a Japanese yes. mythological creature that eats dreams. Um the this Baku that they're riding leads them to um the land of fairy mm-hmm. where they meet the character Nuwala who was from the Neo Game and Sandman run and they get embroiled there in, in a whole complex story where Dream came here before and asked a favor of Titania the queen of the fairy mm-hmm. and she granted to him but she had like her own secret plans because she wanted one of the artifacts that he That he Mm -hmm. brought, that he thought was worthless, but then it turned out he actually did know it's worth, and he was tricking her, and it all, you know, Nuala was helping to facilitate it, and then, like, it was a really intricate, interesting story, and the art, of course, beautiful, also, the design work and everything, but I really enjoyed the, I really enjoyed this issue, and it it just, because it was very, it felt like it was very intricately constructed, very lyrical in the way that these issues are. and the end
1: paid off so nicely.
0: And it was a good um, moment of empowerment empowerment for Nuala, also, who was always a bit of a downtrodden character being traded like... Mm -hmm. like property to dream who who didn't treat her like property but the old dream morpheus you know didn't treat her like property but but never really treated anyone very kindly which kind Mm -hmm. of ultimately led to his downfall is the fact that he was not he didn't wasn't really terribly empathetic and a lot of the people that he wronged and crossed and just wasn't understanding enough to sort of his his errors and sins sort of compounded on themselves and led to his downfall which led to uh, Daniel becoming the new dream. So we're sort of seeing here, and one of the things about Daniel that made him different than Morpheus was the fact that he he was more human, I guess you could say, because he was a human child who was turned into one of the Endless, as opposed mm-hmm. to Morpheus, who, so far as we know, has always been one right. of the Endless. Um, so Daniel had a bit more of a compassionate, empathetic, insightful um, view of the world. And so here he's kind of like... He, He looped Nuala in on the plan and did it in such a way that it didn't completely abuse her trust or Mm -hmm. manipulate her. But she was like, you know, so I don't know. There's a lot, a lot of stuff at play here, but I really enjoyed it.
1: That's so good. It was so, so good. And not only that, but she gives them throughout the entire story, she's weaving something. And you find out at the end that a simple glowing thread was actually his sympathy which she found that she no longer needed and some magical thing. She was able to make this beautiful golden thread and then tie it around the Baku's nose so that he would have the scent of um, Daniel to pursue in their further adventures. And at first you think that she's on some suicide mission, but then the second gift that she get, that she got from him is revealed, and it's that moment oh, it's so good it still it's doesn't very look great issue. for her
0: because there's a lot of dudes coming at her there, and the no. fact that she has I love her she's nonchalant got one Trump behavior card. About doesn't necessarily mean that she's I thought that win, she was but.
1: resolved to her fate, but at the end it was it was more like oh, so that's what that's about oh okay and and I was reading it so nonchalantly like just sort of done, you know like she she just had, was completely accepting of her fate. And that's how I was reading it the entire time. But it was, it was that plus the knowledge of the ace and the hole that she had. And it was just so... Oh, good issue. Good pick. Good pick.
0: We should move on to our game. hmm Okay. So this week, we are going to be ranking... Coactivity. The, yes. We are going to be ranking the Arrow Big Bad. One for each nice. season.
1: Nice. Okay? Okay. Because
0: we're coming to the end of the season of Arrow. And so it's got me reflecting on... The Plus entire, the end of the, plus the, end of the series. The series, I was about to say. Just by the end of the year, so... Who, Mm-hmm. okay so all right so season by season because season one malcolm merlin yes season two Duststroke. season three rachel ghoul season four damian dark season five prometheus season six uh, ricardo diaz and season seven so far as we know unless there's a real last minute reversal seems to be emiko i mean you could say the ninth circle in general but she's She's basically killed everybody else yeah. in the Ninth Circle that we know. Including
1: kn- the one we thought. That yeah. we
0: know of. And so she's like, whether she's redeemed. I love that, though. Whether she's redeemed or not at the end, I think it's safe to say that she is being, she is at this point, she's the season's big antagonist. It doesn't mean they can't be redeemed. It just means that Malcolm Merlin was to a certain extent. Slade Wilson yep. was to a certain extent. Yep. Right? Even Damien Dark to a certain extent, right? He sacrificed himself over in Legends of Tomorrow a couple of seasons ago yeah, to save his did. daughter, right? Yeah, Um. Yeah. But he was a
1: heck of a big bad.
0: So what do you think of these these seven? Uh,
1: my favorite was definitely Damien Dark because he, really? he was so that was one of the, that's one
0: of the more derided seasons I the, don't care. The fact that the season was about... all about the wacky magic and not so much about the you know the the down and dirty
1: fair, but if we're
0: <laughs> crime stuff, you know. I
1: understand. Okay, so let me let me clarify my structure for choosing this. Your premise is to rank the, the villains themselves. I am looking only at the personality. I'm not really caring about the flaws of the story or the flaws of the arcs.
0: Are you bringing I'm... in your uh, perceptions of the character from other shows they might have appeared on? No. Because, for instance, Damien Dark, I felt like... He was, was very affecting. Was decent, I love Neil He was decent on Arrow, but I, I enjoyed him way more on Legends of Tomorrow, where he got, oh, to, I enjoyed where he got him to see there. a lot more shades of him. He sure. was a little sillier, and then you also saw his paternal side.
1: You saw a past self. Sure, you saw all these things, but... Oh, you saw the paternal side in his in his, uh, in his his appearance on Arrow. He had a family yeah, that he was we, protecting. Yeah, but we cared a
0: lot more about Nora and that whole storyline than we did about his family on on Arrow. Who For Who I sure. forgot even existed up until a second ago. I remember his wife. There was a whole thing about his yeah, wife. Yeah, and, like, had, she was, and he, he had two he children. He propped her up as like the, the two... public-facing side of the, right. the stuff. And She didn't even Oliver have his last name. Oliver was trying to reveal name. that she was really evil like right. he was.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I remember all this, yeah. But then,
0: again, yeah. that's more of like the story, you know. Again,
1: Not what I'm including in the ranking. Yeah, I don't care about the peripherals, the characters themselves. I really enjoy, I enjoyed when he came on screen. That's what I'm saying. He's he's, he's one of my favorites, actually. So, and yes, I really loved what they did with his character later on, but that's not affecting what I'm,
0: I'm even. Here. I'm even forgetting the whole thing on when I think of him on Legends of Tomorrow. I think of the sort of the wackier Legion of Doom stuff. But then there's the, even the earlier stuff where he, where uh, Sarah was trying to get revenge on him for killing Laurel. So right. the, even, even at first in Legends of Tomorrow, he was sort of a darker character, oh, sure. and then they sort of gradually lightened him up with all the, the magic and time travel stuff.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was much later. So
0: he's, so he's your number one.
1: He's my number one. Then I have, then um. I'm enjoying Emiko. I'm going to say she's my number two. This is
0: good. This is very controversial. This is, I know. This is so far, this is like maybe even the inversion of my list. I
1: know. Um, I'm enjoying Emiko, actually. I think that her story is complex. And at first, she didn't really win me over because she, I'm like, okay, great. So they got another, you know, some, somebody else to scowl and not say much to. But I really like that she, there are more things about her character that we don't even know yet because it's like, how does how does she become top dog how did she become the leader of the ninth circle and how does she stay there and then then she still has that potential to redeem herself at the end because she still believes that avenging her like she wasn't able to suppress the rage when she found out who killed her mother and um it was it's something that a leader should be able to do and especially somebody who's cold and leading a group of you know ruthless villains would be able to but she wasn't able to and that makes her more complicated than just her character and her
0: character and villains in general kind of if they're supposed to be like mustache twirly evil sure uh, that's one thing and that can be very effective Mm -hmm. but if it's a character you're supposed to sympathize with they they kind of lose me when they start acting purely out of bitterness Mm -hmm. and there's no logic to their actions anymore like she's, she's trying to just, she's like, she's going to destroy the city and murder Oliver Queen and drag his family name through this. Like Oliver, like she knows intellectually that Oliver is a good guy. Right. And that the the that there are a lot of innocent people in the city and she likes Renee and all this other stuff. And she's worked with the others a little bit. Right. She's just acting purely out of rage and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's, it's not that people don't act that way in the real world sometimes, but when, when villains on TV shows, if you're supposed to sympathize with them and then all of a sudden they just start trying to burn the whole world down because they were wronged as a child. I'm like, right. get over it, grow up, you know. Like everybody on the show has gone through horrible hardships, and they're still heroes. And you're choosing to become a villain, so you, yeah. you kind of lose me there a little bit, you know. Not yeah, saying I'm but not that's enjoying the beginning the character, of
1: her arc. I I know that she's going to be redeemed at the end. I think maybe, that, but
0: whether she is or not, it's it's sort of the scenes with her at this point in her arc are kind of frustrating because you know that she knows that what she's doing is wrong, but yeah. she's like she just doesn't seem to care. And at that point, you're like. What am I supposed to, there's no in for me with the character anymore because they're acting completely like a villain, even though we're supposed to believe there's more to them than that. It's not on display anywhere because they're just, you know, they're doing stereotypical villain things. And even yeah. though the heroes are saying they're still good in her, I can still reach her. It's like, I don't know. She's really seems like she wants to kill everybody for no reason, you know? So it's, it kind of loses me a little bit there. So, it's, mm. so you got Damien Dark, then Emiko, and yep. then who?
1: And then I pick Deathstroke. Okay. He's awesome. Um, need I say more, the Mirakuru was the driving force behind his craziness, but I really love that season in terms of how you could, you saw a lot of shades of his character, and yeah, I think Manu Bennett was really, really...
0: That's an example of, sorry, <laughs> an example of... <laughs>
1: um, he, I don't remember you. <laughs> term. Smoldering Australian Yes, yeah, stro- smoldering <laughs> manliness. Australian manliness. Got too close to the barbie, you know, my voice is like this. Do you
0: think this. Manu is short for Manly New? I think so. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a he's a good counter example. Yeah, he's a, he's a good counter example for the Emiko thing because although he was trying to like destroy everything and kill Oliver, even though he knew again, Oliver was a good guy, he had a he had like legi- he had legitimate beef, so to speak, with Oliver. Whereas Emiko's beef is with someone who's dead now. You know what I mean? Oliver's father, and that um, she's yeah. still trying to get revenge on Oliver for some reason. But Where, she
1: just wants to burn down the whole family. I mean, what did... What did uh, yeah, but that's... Every single bad guy here had issue with his entire family. I
0: know, but, but with Deathstroke, it's like he let... He, as, he, as he saw it, first of all, you've got the Mirakuru well, there. Now a you're bit of,
1: arguing with me about my ranking. Well, no, I'm, nice. well I'm,
0: no, we're having a discussion about each one. I mean, okay. the, first of all, you got the Mirakuru there as like yeah. a mitigating factor. So mm-hmm. a lot of that, as, as they were able to redeem him kind of later, a lot of that sort of absolves him of his actions. So you, you always know that like, was a good man in there, but his 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 judgment is just clouded by the Mirakuru. That actually makes you want to Oliver to like be able to bring him to back. reach him. Yeah. Whereas with Emiko, it's just her own insanity seemingly, or her own bitterness that's controlling her. There's nothing
1: her own damage.
0: Yeah, there's nothing external that you feel like can maybe be be solved there. You know what I mean? No, but, I mean
1: that's not that's not a fair thing. I mean, every he tried to like like every hero, somebody on that team but mostly Oliver always 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 tried to reach and reason with the the villain the bad guy before assuming that there yeah, there was just, no return like Malcolm Merlin what did they do like Rachel Ghoul even what did he do he tried to reason with every single bad guy on this list
0: I know I just I think that when I think that to varying degrees the audience was encouraged to be sympathetic for or sort of under, at the very least understand mm-hmm. on multiple levels the, the villain of each season like none of them were like complete like the joker where you're not supposed to sympathize with right. them or understand them really at all as like a force of nature to varying degrees we're supposed to sympathize with all of them or like at least see where they were coming yeah, from sure. the ones where it works best for me is when there's something there beyond just a destructive impulse mm-hmm that allows us to be like, oh man, if it weren't for like for the want of a nail, the horse the 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 horseshoe was lost for the loss of a horseshoe, for the you know the thing right. with the lack of a horseshoe, the horse was lost. Like horse, the knight was lost for the lack of a knight, the battle was lost, lack of a battle, the war was lost, all for the want of a nail or whoever it goes. Right, like there's just one little thing, one stitch there mm-hmm. that if Deathstroke, if Slade Wilson just hadn't gotten the Mirakuru, he, his life would have gone so differently. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. if if um if Adrian Chase whatever his name ended up being his real name, I can't remember, Prometheus, you know, But whatever, because the Adrian Chase thing was just a, a um, assumed identity, yeah. right? Um, if it wasn't for, you know, whatever, like he would have gone a different, if it wasn't for, um, I don't know, like the, I like it when there's, a, when there's something there just beyond a destructive impulse. There's like, oh, if, if, if Oliver could just find a way to break through this thing or yeah. cure them of this thing or make them see this thing, then they could be redeemed you know? And so, and maybe they'll get there with Emiko, but so far I'm just, maybe it's just me, but I'm just not feeling it. The thing with with Slade Wilson that was cool, I thought, was because you had the thing where he blamed Oliver for Shadow's death. Mm -hmm. And you could kind of squint and see how maybe that's one way to look at it. And then with the whole Miracur and everything else he went through and Oliver like putting his eye out, like, and then the things that he did to the hero were massive too. Like he comes back, you know, he threatens his whole family. He kills Oliver's mother, you know, like you really felt like, that there were things of consequence happening and that the past was coming back to haunt him. And that's one of the reasons why I think, you know, when I get to my thing, that Prometheus will be pretty high up there too because I love the whole thing with, because the whole show being structured the way it was for the first few years, with the flashbacks and the present stuff running in parallel. I've talked before about how I really like it when the two sort of play off each other mm-hmm. and things that are happening in one or informing the other, yeah, either sure. thematically or plot-wise. The whole thing with Prometheus where, you know, it was all about the first his past coming back to haunt him and the, sure. and the consequences of the things he'd done when he started this mission five years before that were finally catching up to him now. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed all that and, and his character too and role he played in that. So, okay, so you've got, we should probably, I know that we're taking a long time because I keep interjecting, but so you've got um, Damien Dark, Emmy Cohen then Deathstroke. Who's, yep. who's below that?
1: So below that is uh, Malcolm Merlin.
0: Okay. I think I know who's going to be at your bottom. Malcolm, okay, Malcolm uh, Merlin. I
1: think so. Uh, Malcolm Merlin, I really like him, and every time, so I have to clarify one more time, when I'm ranking this, it's because of how I feel when they're on screen, and flaws of the story aside, and um, how much uh, thought went into the stories behind them, and how much meaning all of that um, ties in with the flashbacks or flash-forwards in this season, all of that is aside from my ranking choices well, like can, the most thing that i heavily am thinking of when i'm doing this ranking right now just is is how i feel when they're you, on screen you can say that but, <laughs> but, but
0: surely like if, if and it, yeah even of, of if course, it was the best actor in the world sure. if they kept giving him crummy scripts sure. and you're like oh man this guy again they always he always does such stupid stuff and the writers always make him do such stupid stuff that would affect the way you feel when they're on screen no matter yeah. how great the actor could theoretically case be in, in point damien
1: dart case in point 'Cause it's not as strong as it could have been if it were better written. Well, he's still but your number one. So <laughs> he's still my number one. <laughs> that's what didn't I'm saying. Pull it down no, much. it didn't pull it down. That's what I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now we're clear. <laughs> um so let's see. Um yeah. So Malcolm Merling because awesome. And look, the next one is going to be Ricardo Diaz.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I thought you were gonna
1: say. Yep. Because um, what's the actor's name? Kirk Acevedo. Kirk Acevedo. Yeah, he, we've seen awesome. him in Fringe and stuff. He's wonderful. He is tremendous. And that's why I, I'm going to rank. Even a though good I wasn't really fond of his character.
0: Well, you're not supposed to be. He's possibly the least.
1: He's very two-dimensional. He is know. a mustache he, he and
0: Prometheus are probably like, would you say they're I, the two least sympathetic I, characters I on really here? I
1: really strongly, I don't like to use, use the word hate, and I'm moving away from that, but well, I so to be the guy, strongly dislike Prometheus, a, the a, whole the, thing.
0: above more than anybody else on this list, with the possible exception of Prometheus. Yeah. Is, is kind of supposed to be the guy that you love to hate, mm-hmm. I think. And, but I think they did a good job. It, it came late. Like, they, they, he'd been on the show for like, it probably wasn't a year, but for a long time before they started, like, revealing more about what, remember they did the whole episode that where he was basically the star of where it revealed, like, his, his abuse. The, the abuse he suffered yes. as a child, yes, I and he remember. comes back around and gets revenge on the guy later yeah, as an years adult. Later. like mm-hmm. episodes like that really help you. Like you're never supposed to really feel that much sympathy for him, no. but you you kind of understand, I understand him, what, and you you, what you know that's that there's, all there's you know that there's guys out there like that that just use you know their past so, they use their past pain as an to... excuse to make everybody else to to try to prop themselves up and make themselves feel strong at the cost of everybody else. Right. You know. Yep.
1: Yep. Um and then
0: Rachel Ghoul at the and bottom. And then
1: Rachel Gould, Yeah, is this is probably my least favorite bottom. version
0: of Rachel Ghoul that I've seen in a long time. I, th- I I think the actor did did well in the role. I just don't think he was a good casting fit. No. He just he didn't come across as cultured enough or or po- enough you know, sort of poised enough. I didn't enough. get regal from yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, compare him to like Alexander Siddig or oh the vo- or the voice of David Warner or yeah. of course Liam Neeson or, yeah. you know, any of the other actors who have played him. And they have a certain edge and yet also a certain Quiet
1: reserved power. Yeah,
0: regal nature, like yeah. soft spoken, I feel like, is a big mm-hmm. part of it. You know, like and I guess this guy was soft spoken too. He
1: was soft spoken and he, he you know.
0: I don't but know. A no, lot of I it just was just a look. It. He just didn't look cultured enough, you know? I, I, I it's I not,
1: honestly I think it was his bearing. Like his, 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 he, beard,
0: he, his beard was like shaggy, like it wasn't well well like he should be very well groomed aris- and aristocratic, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? He looked like he just walked in off the street of East Enders or something. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. He, he didn't look like
1: no, he did not look the part.
0: And the accent was like a little, a little uncultured s- cuz I'm sure it's his accent, but again, that's down to the casting, either either or the directing or the voice direction or whatever. Like he can either do that sort of regal bearing or maybe that's not the direction they wanted to go with the character mm-hmm. because again, this version of Rachel Ghoul was supposed to be like the latest in the long line of Rachel Ghoul, so he's maybe not supposed to have been the prime racial ghoul that we think of in no, our head i mean
1: he literally said he was around for 400 years and yeah, yeah he was he looking wanted, for that but heir, the, the racial
0: ghoul was the title that would be passed on i understand to someone after but he him, right?
1: was no listen this incarnation said that he was around for 400 years yeah but there could and have he been said someone he was looking for him. he was saying that he was looking for an heir but
0: didn't he himself say that he was once the heir to someone yes, before him yes yeah so but that's what i mean it's but that's like, what i'm
1: saying the character of Rachel ghoul has been around for thousands of years
0: Right, but this one guy correct has, has not right. was not the first. Whereas in most other right, versions... Right, the Dread like, Pirate Roberts. He's right, looking for his Right, but that's not successor. normally the way it is. Like in all the other versions, with the possible exception of guess, like the Batman Begins version, yeah. where maybe there was a thing, but like I'm talking about like the cartoons or yes. whatever else. He is the guy. Like he built himself up from nothing. He built this empire from nothing. He didn't inherit anything. You know right. what I mean? He, yes. he was the one and only, and it was a title bestowed upon him. And he's not going to give that title. Like if Bruce Wayne ever deigns to marry Talia and become his heir like he's always trying to get him to do he's not going to give him the title of Rachel Ghoul. that's his name that's the only name that he knows anymore basically right yeah so I don't know um so okay so that's your list so I think I've probably already given a lot of my reasons but I think that for me it would be tight between Deathstroke and Prometheus for number one really did Prometheus? you see Prometheus
1: he is Yes, I did. He was what, my number what, six. He was your number six. I really disliked him. I thought
0: Ricardo Diaz was your number six and, and nope. Rachel Gould was your number seven. I don't nope. remember you talking about Prometheus at all. Nope. Maybe he would have been your number five. Was nope. he above Ricardo? Uh, was he lower than Diaz? He was lower okay. than
1: Diaz. I strongly dislike him. In fact, I was, it was a toss-up between him really? and Rachel Gould because for the Because when we were talking spot. about
0: that season, we seemed to both think that he was a really effective villain on the Mm-mm. show. No? You didn't Mm-mm. think that? Mm-mm. Hmm. Mm-mm. I, wonder, I want to go back and, <laughs> and listen, listen to, to previous our previous episode. episodes. Maybe I was high, more, higher on him than you were. I really thought that he was effective. He was probably like the mo- the craziest. There were
1: some, yes, there were some performances where I thought that he was great, but I really did not like. He was he was the
0: most like divorced from reality of yeah. any of it. Like,
1: and it bothered me.
0: <laughs> but I thought that the way the I mean I, I the way the, that the way the actor the played it the way the actor played it and the way it was written like he knows mm. he knows that he's damned. He knows that he's the villain of the story. But his his he it was still alive for one reason and one reason only to show to Oliver to yeah. make Oliver admit to himself that he, Oliver, was no better than him because mm-hmm. he had killed his father. He had killed. He enjoys killing. Remember that whole thing? Like yeah. He was there for... It's kind of like the Joker to Batman, you know? like yes. He's just there to prove a point to Batman. Right. Whether he kills him after that, whether he has to kill people that he loves, whether, whether he, he has dies. to blow up the whole city, whether he dies at the end of it, yeah. it doesn't really matter to him very nope. much so long as he proves to the hero that he's right. and yeah. I thought that was an interesting um notion that we hadn't seen with other the, any of the other villains on arrow but they usually sure. feel like they're trying to they're trying to save someone to get revenge on someone i mean you could say that prometheus was trying to get revenge but it didn't really feel like revenge it felt like proving a point and twisting the knife more than it did you know
1: yeah because he's like my dad's not coming feel... back
0: i probably didn't even like him that much I know, that, I know that I'm know that i crazy, but I'm going to, you know what there I mean?
1: There were so many times when it felt like he was repeating himself that it yeah, was just so bothersome to me. But that's, but that's me. like you say, like I you understand. kind of have to
0: divorce it from the structure of the season. Like that was just, they got to fill 23 again, episodes. And I feel like they didn't necessarily have enough story there. But as a character, I'm, I'm simply able telling to divorce you. it from that. Yeah,
1: I know. I know. We, we definitely have... Different, um, we, we stack our blocks in the different columns in order to arrive at our ranking. I feel Let's like how, how
0: well they stick the landing is important too. Like that mm. season had such a great ending with it them did. having to go back to the island. And it ended. Compared to like the Racial Ghoul thing where they had like a little terrible. duel on top of a dam and then he like got stabbed or fell over. I don't even, yeah, even remember, both, right? Both. Um, <laughs> he got the, stabbed and fell over. <laughs> but the, and the, the Deathstroke season, season two, had such a great uh, climax, so which we've talked about before, where the flashbacks in the present are Oliver and him so, fighting at two different times. I and, understand. So what's your and, uh, ranking? So good. It was good. So very good. I'm not sure I could choose between Deathstroke and Prometheus. I guess maybe I'd have to put Deathstroke for number one because, but only because he got to come back so much later and they got to deepen his character okay. even more. Whereas Prometheus was like a one season kind of guy. Okay. Very intentionally. So I guess Deathstroke, then Prometheus. Um, then probably Malcolm Merlin.
1: Okay. Um, nice. But
0: again, because we got to see so much of him that we got to learn right, about so many more sides him. of him mm-hmm. and everything. Um, then probably Ricardo Diaz because although he was you know scum he uh, he was at least he was very magnetic on screen he and you really felt screen. like he was a threat even mm-hmm. though he was just like a regular guy I could have done without the thing where he like juices with yeah. Meta- Mirakuru or Metahuman whatever it was at the end like they never that never even came up he ended up just like fist fighting with Oliver again it didn't seem yeah. like he had crazy superpowers yeah. I felt I didn't feel like they needed to amp him up that way um, I almost don't even want to include Emiko because I feel like it's too too soon to say but I I think I'd probably say Dam- Damian Dark um, number five, Emiko. Number six, and then Rachel Gould at the bottom. Not nice. that I dis- dislike any of them, with the possible exception of, kind of Rachel Gould is kind of the closest one. That it, but I even was there, really it's more disappointed ambivalent. by Rachel um, Gould. Yeah, it's just because you have such expectations of Rachel Gould, like one of the right. greatest comic book supervillains of all time, one of the greatest Batman villains of all time, played by such fantastic, impeccable actors as David Warner and Liam Neeson in the past, and then you get like this guy that just feels like, right, you know. It yeah. just felt like a letdown. Um, it's as
1: if, like Michael Sarah were playing Alfred.
0: I thought you were going to say it's yeah. like if they cast Michael Sarah to play Lex Luthor, who would possibly? Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: You know what I mean? Like it would be incredibly weird. Yeah. Just yeah. Um, yeah. So that's my ranking. Yep. Yeah. Good. Some, similar- Good ranking. some similarities, some differences. I like the. I like this coactivity. Yes. Okay.
0: So should we talk about our shows? I'm ready. So we have Supergirl, Flash, mm-hmm. Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow, and Doom Patrol.
1: Yep, we got two episodes of Supergirl.
0: Yeah, so we watched two episodes. Um, I mean, they kind of blur together in my mind a little, a little bit. But the first one was mostly about um, Kara and Lena going to mm-hmm. prison, trying to figure out more of what Lex is planning. You get the whole prison riot thing. She befriends the guy that was like across from Lex's cell. Yep. Um, there's a lot of, obviously, a lot of but the, the Sam Witwer yeah. stuff happening underneath both episodes. She's
1: a reporter. Because yes, well, that's Supergirl, a, that was an interesting. That was kind take of the, the that was
0: kind of the crux when you go from episode the first of these two episodes to the second. At the end, she sort of realizes the pen can be mightier than the sword or the cape, and then Supergirl doesn't even appear in the episode after that. It's yeah, all Kara sort of true. doing the whiteboard thing, trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. I um,
1: appreciate that they used her superpowers though, and sort of sped sped it up a bit. That that's I mean
0: I feel like it, it felt to me like a smart like a, a smart bit of writing to have it be, and I'm assuming that that's going to pay off. Maybe it's already paid off. Maybe the whole like link to Kaznia is as far as that's going to go, with Kara being the re- reporter, mm-hmm. taking down Lex Luthor. But part of me would like it if she got the win as Kara Danvers and not as Supergirl. You yep. know what I mean? Yes. Just because that would feel a little different, but maybe it's gone as far as it can go. Um, And and then with the, as far as the Agent Liberty thing, you've got... He, he felt like, especially when he went into the, the... I almost went through the Daily Planet. When he went to CatCo there... And he was this is in the second episode now, and he's shooting up the place, and they're trying to take Dreamer, yeah. and then James comes in and crushes his hand or whatever. He almost seemed like he was practically frothing at the mouth yeah. there. I feel like he's kind of losing it a little bit. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's got he's sort of reached his peak, but things are starting to slip away from him a little yes. bit. Whether he realizes or not, his son is moving away from his ideology yeah. pretty pretty strongly. You know, like there's. More and more people are sort of aligning themselves against him because now you have got James, who he learns has superpowers he and doesn't may like him. He literally
1: like, go over the edge in the next episode. Well, yeah, what was, happened? His wife was yeah. killed.
0: I mean, part of me, I, I mean, I kind of wanted to see him go over the edge because I kind of feel like he deserves it. <laughs> but also, you feel like he's um, that's kinda, probably the the probably the the easiest way to take for for him to get to. I don't mean easy from like a writing perspective. I just mean like he's so. Um, he's got so, so many, so much stuff behind him. Like he's got the president's favor. He's got his band of, you know, thugs, whatever the children of Liberty, Mm -hmm. right. He's got this political appointment. He's got the will of the people seemingly on his side. He's got all this stuff. It seems like short of like Senate hearings, which are probably not going to be very exciting to watch on television. Probably the, the way that he's ultimately going to get taken down is if he is publicly revealed to be like a rape. you know, like if there's footage of him, like trying to avenge him avenge his wife and like trying to blow up a building or something or destroy the country or do whatever he's going to do and it's caught on tape and Kara writes the story or something and reveals him to be just a psychopath or whatever right yep Um, because otherwise he's if he was just smart if he's just like okay I've reached my apex I'm now going to because it was, you know, what it kind of reminds me of is the, when in the comics now, when although they did the similar thing in the cartoons and stuff, but when Lex Luthor became president in the comics, mm-hmm. you would think that the, what he's going to do is now he's going to manipulate, he's going to use his office the way that his, uh, the office of the president, the way he used his position as CEO of LexCorp mm-hmm. to do like shady stuff under, under, under the table and like do arms dealing and like metahuman experiments and all this stuff. But when he got into the office, he actually made a concerted effort to like clean up his act. He's like, okay, now I'm here. The way that I'm going to win now, like against Superman and against everybody, is to show that I'm like the best president in American history, basically, mm-hmm. right? So he actually made a concerted effort to divorce himself from all of his criminal dealings and everything. And ultimately, it all kind of ended up coming back around and the whole thing we juiced up with kryptonite and put the power armor back on. There was the big meteorite headed towards Earth, because remember, this mm-hmm. was in the animated movie, uh, Public Enemy. So it didn't really work out too well for him, but uh, but that was his his intentions, whereas here, I feel like that uh, Lockwood would be smart to do the same thing. He's like, okay, I've got a cushy job now. Mm -hmm. I should gradually try to clean up my act and just like ride this now as long as I can. Because I'm, you know, I'm probably probably making some money now. I've got the adoration of the public. I've got like the the text. I've got the picture perfect family and house and all this other stuff, right? I should just Mm -hmm. milk this for as much as I can. But instead, I feel like he's always, he's the kind of guy that always, because it's, personal with him yeah like we talked about before with lex Luthor, it's not with like luther's motivations because remember we were comparing the two a few weeks ago with luther it's not i mean it is kind of personal in the sense that it ultimately all comes back to his ego but in his actions it's never really personal it's it's about his it's about his his position on aliens and humans right. and so on right mm-hmm. lockwood likes to position himself that way but we the audience because we've seen his little origin episode know that he's just personal because he feels like a small man because his factory got taken away and he feels angry because his father died, even though mm-hmm. it was his own damn fault and all this other stuff right. too, right? He's just, a, he's just a small, weak little man who's striking out at things he doesn't understand because it makes him feel big. Right. Luther doesn't strike out. He, I mean, he kind of wants to prop up his own ego, but it's not really about, it's not about that necessarily for him. It's more about the ideological thing in a yeah. way that it's not. So I feel like Lockwood's going to self-destruct. A lot yep. more because Luther is the kind who could like sit down and bide his time, play the long game. Mm-hmm. Lockwood has no long game. He's just mad at people, right? Right. So I think we're sort of seeing him. And now that he's lost like his tether kind of, mm-hmm. you know, and if he goes to su- his son for support, he's going to find his son isn't really on his side either anymore. He's, gonna, he's like he's lost everyone now. All right. he has is like his new cushy Washington friends who probably don't really care about him and going to turn on him as soon as the wind is blowing in the other direction. Of right? course, yeah. So yeah, yeah. And, and you see, it seemed like you were really um, affected by the whole uh, Dreamer broadcast in the episode where Mia yeah, where went on it. It's funny because Kara sits down and it's like she's got her notebook. She's like, okay, I'm going to ask these hard hitting questions. She didn't ask any she questions. Ask she's like, anything. who are you and why are you here? And that was it. That was like yeah, the yeah, only yeah. thing <laughs> she said in the whole quote unquote interview. It's like, what did you need that notebook for? Did you, were you going to forget to ask, who are you? Anyway, yeah. but that but it seemed like that I really got to you. I think they
1: meant to. It was a beautiful, it was actually really nice. Um, interview and I like the lines specifically that said it's our like I don't remember how it was phrased but it was very nicely phrased in terms of Dreamer said that our differences not only make us better but they make us beautiful you know Mm -hmm. like all of us being different is beautiful and why shouldn't we celebrate that? Why yeah, shouldn't it's the we Star Trek thing, in, share infinite it.
0: diversity and infinite combinations. It's right? gorgeous. Strength, strength That's through what got differences. me. That, yeah. that
1: was one of the things that actually got me and actually made me tear up. That was a good bit of writing that was very And nice. it's
0: and it's smart that she is um, half human and half alien too, mm-hmm. because she can be in a she way. Be that, the in a way that Supergirl can't. She could be that sort of bridge. It's like the Aquaman thing, right? She could be the bridge between the two worlds. Two worlds, worlds yeah. Yeah, or two cool.
1: ideologies, right? Because aliens come from many, many worlds.
0: Yeah, and she didn't. She doesn't really even know. I mean, she. I guess she grew up knowing. knowing about her parentage, but I don't know how much in of Naltor. her like culture or like artifacts of it if she's ever been there. Like, right. there's a lot we still don't know. But she's she presumably identifies more as human than as Naltorian to the extent that you would if well, you she had grew to pick one here, or the I other. Mean, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, anything else to say about Supergirl?
1: I really, I just enjoyed it, and I love the fact that the arc is so strong and the stories yeah. are so insular it hasn't we, really it I hasn't really remember. sagged
0: a lot of these like long cw seasons when they have like a season long one season long story yeah. one yeah sometimes villain. you get those filler they, episodes they, they either no, do, they here. either do like a last minute reveal where it's like oh the guy you thought like the cicada thing sure. or the emiko thing where the person you thought was the villain isn't really the villain and that dun, sort of dun, gives dun. you a bit more juice to, in the last third of the it's season the this, it's this the nitrous sag. it's the button
1: that you push towards when it. the season's starting <laughs> to sag
0: you just reveal the secret villain right this season didn't really do that. It kind of th- they kind of made it look like they were going to I guess they to a certain extent they did because they brought in Lex Luthor. But and now want
1: to f- finish the sentence. They made it look like what? Well, I think
0: I think that if you were to watch the episodes where they bring in Lex Luthor, you might think, "Oh, well, they're doing the thing again where mm. we even talked about it on the show is Lockwood now going to like kind of help the heroes to take yes. down Luthor because he mm-hmm. doesn't like Luthor either." But Luthor's been absent for several episodes now and Lockwood is clearly still the main threat. Now, Luther may be like the puppet master and so on. but You know,
1: one thing that's actually frustrating me, and thank you for reminding me, um, is that in his journal, when he was kind of poking Lena's emotions with a stick, he actually gave her a backhanded compliment, which bothers her. But at the same time, it should wake her up um, because he said that she would be so much... What did he say? So much better or so much something? She didn't
0: care about what other people thought as much? No.
1: If she realized how brilliant she is. And she read did that, that in a snide... Oh, you... See, the the way Lena read it, she she felt like it was like a backhanded, you know, whatever, like an insulting thing. But at the same time, it was very much yeah, a but Luther that's, compliment. That's, that's
0: her That's her character, though. She's not great at taking compliments because she's insecure about about her, her name and her family. And she's especially not good at... Uh, she, she lacks my all thing, perspective when it comes to Lex.
1: My thing is that she has inside knowledge, but it seems like for the last couple episodes, she's not being especially Luther brilliant. Do you know what I, I mean? I think
0: it's just, I know what you mean. I know she's shaken. Her character In the last episode, seems she's shaken, less strong. So she's less I think it's soft. just she's Lex throws of off, her off her, balance.
1: She's sort of off and balance. Maybe could and be fine. written
0: a little bit more delicately so that you still feel like she's got this well of strength and this intellect behind her, where she just seems like she's, she's sort of, flailing at this point emotionally yes. and intellectually. And I was
1: ready for it to be over this episode but all she did was like solve one thing I think, from backward from, I think, from knowledge. It wasn't very impressive. I think she, you and know Ka- what I think mean? she and
0: Kara are going to go off to Kaznia, and she's going to like I think she, I think that she maybe even more than I think Supergirl is going to get like this big victory over Lockwood and I think that Lena is going to get this big victory over Lex, where she now yes. like okay. finally gets a win mm-hmm. over him and now is able to like put his her baggage with him behind her.
1: I just hope that it's really strong. Do you know what I mean? It's really tough like you were saying, you were saying that uh, the, the, the writers of the animated series, the Batman Day animated series, were really, really mm, troubled not troubled, but um, challenged when they were writing for the Riddler because the Riddler had to be the smartest person well, it's, in it's the room. Just
0: in general, it's hard to write someone who's of supposed course. to be exponentially smarter than you are. Now,
1: here's the thing. Lena is supposed to be even smarter than Lex. I want to see that, is my point.
0: I'm not sure. I, I know that they've kind of like they said that on the show. They've like,
1: hinted that, and it's true. Yeah, I don't know. In fact, like, in, it's other, in other... It's hard no, for me to believe anyone's smarter think, than in other, in other stories, like, where she really goes off the deep end, she sort of becomes a living, sentient computer, almost, like some some weird iterations of her, where she wasn't really well captured, but it still was demonstrated. Oh, I was, I was like, what are you talking the cartoon, about? You're, the talking, animated seems, the, yeah, but you're yeah. talking about the Superwoman comics. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah that that's too, right. Yeah. I forgot about that. I didn't forget about that, because it was nice. It was nice to see Lena and sort of see... There were a lot of hooray moments in that comic that weren't really, it wasn't super cohesive and it wasn't, it wasn't overall brilliant, but it was, it had beautiful snippets and moments where I'm, that I'm missing here, where we were really demonstrated why, demonstrated to why, why she's smarter than her brother. And I want to see it. I want to see it happen.
0: Did you, did you watch enough of... I know that you... What little Smallville you watched consistently tended to be more from the earlier years. But I know that you also watched episodes here and there. Uh, yeah, from the later stuff. I did, did see. You, did you get much exposure to the character of Tess? Tess is her... On, yeah, on, uh, I did. Mm-hmm. On Smallville. I feel like that... and she There were times when she wasn't really written that well. But ultimately, I feel like she sort of coalesced into a good character. And I think it's something similar there what they did with her there that you're kind of hoping for here where... Yeah she she spent it's very similar character because it's basically the same basic character just with some details changed around like her name but even Mm -hmm. then her middle name like her full name even though they called her tess mercer her full her full name was supposed to be Lutessa lena luther Mm -hmm. mercer or whatever um where she she comes on the scene scene she's trying to get out from under lex's shadow and and legitimize the business that he sort of drove into the ground through his bad name and and his criminal dealings and so on then and she flirts with sort of going down the same path as him, like its it's, it's the whole thing where like you try in trying to like surpass mm-hmm. the person of your of your envy and your ire, you actually end up becoming more like them because you end up going down the same road, giving into the same temptations, you know what I mean? Sure yeah. and she kind of pulled herself back at the end and and ultimately sort of prevailed for it, yeah um so i'm wondering if they're going to do something something similar here of course she ended up dying in the last episode of smallville spoilers for a 10 year old episode yeah. of smallville but, but then they brought her back in the season 11 comic she turned into <laughs> red tornadoes okay
1: oh, okay <laughs> wonderful thank you <laughs> um no but all i'm saying is that i know that ultimately lena is going to get her victory over lex but because the last couple episodes I can understand the the previous episode where she was really, really off a rocker. She couldn't help her. She couldn't help Jane. She couldn't figure out a puzzle. And she was really just... I mean, you get that. You get that sort of anxiety, that feeling of overloadedness. And and you're just unable to put two thoughts together. you're, You're scattered. But... I'm sort of ready for her to her. pull it together. Exactly. I'm ready for more like than, than just like episodes. an affine shift cipher or whatever it is that she saw on the wall that made her say, oh, this yeah. dummy name I mean, that's, is actually mean That's the problem I... with
0: having such long seasons is that if you have, say so you have like four character beats that you want a character to hit over the course of the season, yep. you know, yep. like first they're going to discover this and then they're going to reach this low point and then they're going to redeem themselves by doing this and ultimately meet this end or whatever like that. Right. And you've got to stretch that over 22 episodes. You're going to have, if it's not structured very carefully, you're going to have four or five episodes there where there's just sort of slowly going through the same character beat over Mm -hmm. and over again to reinforce it before they reach the next plot point. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's kind of where we are with her. Sometimes they get by that by just not having the character appear for a couple of episodes and just you just sort of store it in your buffer. And then when they come back, they, you know, the character now has a different plot that they're dealing with. But here they've had her in every episode and they keep reinforcing the same plot point and it does kind of feel like, okay, we're ready for her to move past it now, right. you know? So Flash, this was a fun episode to kind of get the junior rogues here and yes. Nora. Yes. Um, so I don't know, like I felt like I wanted them here to I guess they kind of explained it. Because Nora, like, she taps into the negative speed force, she comes back. Um I was waiting for Barry or somebody to say, well, what if the negative speed force is affecting her behavior? Like, what if it's yeah. affecting her mind, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But I guess that's not really well, what I was thought... happening because she was like, no, it was me. Like, I had to actively tap into those negative emotions in order right. to power it, but it wasn't affecting me. It doesn't work that way. But I still would have, even though they ultimately discovered, like she yeah. ultimately explained that that's what, what what was happening, I still think that somebody in that room, when they saw her with the, you know, when Barry right. said, oh, she had the red eyes and the red lightning," is. I wanted someone to raise their hand and be like, well, how do we know that if Thon taught her like this secret power, how do we know it's not influenced, Or like he is reaching cool. out to her through the negative speed force and it affecting her judgment or something. Like it's just crazy enough no, to work in this show. what are you
1: talking show. about? Of course they did. They had that discussion. You well, they it. said
0: Thon might've been manipulating her.
1: No, and they said multiple times that he got to her. As in whatever that was. Like they, they were obviously, they, they were fearful They were fearful of him being manipulative of her, but that they that he sort of converted her. It's like when you... When you send your kids off to school and you find out that they joined a cult, like you want to, how else are you yeah, gonna phrase but, it? But you I, know? but
0: the way that I'm thinking of it, like I think when they say he got to her, he's manipulating her. They just meant like he's he's like he's in her head, not in the, not in a literal way, but like he's sort of he's sort of got her wrapped around his finger, and he knows what buttons to push and so on like that. Whereas what I'm thinking that what I wanted them someone to propose is what was what was maybe happening is really more of like a dark side of the force kind of thing mm-hmm. where once you start tapping into it, it keeps. Feeding into you, and it like eventually you turn into Darth Vader and you're murdering children, right? Whereas, like right. the day before, you couldn't imagine you would have done that, right? Right. I was, I was maybe imagining that Thon was like channeling the negative emotions into her or something like that, but nobody was like, you know, they said maybe he's manipulating her, but I think they just meant he's telling her things that aren't true or he's playing on her, he's sort of playing on her sympathies or something like I that. I guess
1: I read it in that interpretation when they were all having their multiple discussions about how he, Thon got to her. I thought that that's exactly what I I didn't think they, they were meant. talking I, I, in like
0: a superpowered kind of way. I that's think they were just what talking inferred. about like a psychological kind of way, right. you know?
1: I don't know. I, I'm saying like from the dialogue, it wasn't made clear whether or not that's what they were implying, but that's what I inferred on uh, top of their regular meetings. I thought yeah.
0: that's what the show was presenting at first when we saw her with the glowing eyes yeah, and we like, saw oh, this was Thon's plan all along. It was just sort of like imbue her with this and now she's going to be evil you know what I mean but tempt her with the dark side and let
1: nature take its course yeah Yeah.
0: but there was nothing like that it was all her choice to tap into those emotions it wasn't reciprocal and it's nice too because I think hmm, it did resolve a little suddenly for my it was like all all the whole thing like because the last episode ends on the cliffhanger she's come back she's got the red eyes she's got the red lightning and then at the end of this she's like yeah I just just stopped feeling bad and now I'm
1: no she's myself again well
0: she got over it in one episode basically
1: uh, that's hard to say. I don't,
0: it's not like I wanted her to be positioned it. as the big bad right. for the season or something, which is what I sort of worried they were going to do is, oh, now she's the evil daughter, you know?
1: And I was like, doesn't she come from the future? Wouldn't she have known that if she were?
0: <laughs> well, every time she comes back, she's changing the future though. So she becomes the Flash's ultimate enemy. Right. The future wouldn't have recorded that yet.
1: Well, they recorded a purple speedster, which she knew about before she be- became the purple speedster.
0: I don't remember that. Yeah, she, right.
1: she was her, she was talking about that to her, Leah, her friend who died
0: that's right yeah well no no there's one... saying,
1: and that purple speed no no, no that was
0: her mother her her mother when in that one episode when she had when iris had speed powers she had the purple lightning really that's why that's why nora has a mix of yellow and purple lightning because oh, it's the yellow lightning from her father so and the purple adorable. lightning from her mother i mean she wears her mother's purple jacket and everything that's where she got that jacket from. that's why she's a mix and so when she turned when, oh, the, when the lightning turned oh, red know. it went from being purple and yellow Two. To purple and red because Ooh. now like Thon's negative speed force has supplanted her father's positive speed force influence and like it's all very thematic and everything. But that's why her her power signature is the mix of the purple and the yellow. Oh. So when she said, "Oh, that purple speedster," that showed up that one time. That was the one episode where Iris had. Power.
1: That's so cool. That oh okay yeah okay whoops I missed that one so, I missed it. So legends uh-huh.
0: of tomorrow this week. All right. This was a, this was a fun one. Yeah. Of course, there's the dark side with Ray being tempted towards. That's not that that, that tempted. I know why haunting... I phrase it. Out. Being taken over by Neuron, I suppose is a better way. What was
1: the thing that they that he whistles? Oh, uh, that that was pop, haunting was it pop goes
0: a... the weasel, or am I thinking of a different thing? Where there's a Justice League episode where, or Justice League Unlimited or something, people whistle. Pop goes the weasel. Pop goes the weasel when they're taken over by some evil force or something like that. But I'm not. Can't remember if that's what it was here. Nah, um, I don't remember. Yeah, but he's good at. You know, Brandon Routh is is good at playing that. That was Just some sort of evil,
1: cold evil eyes. That was some cold dead face.
0: It's, that was fun. It seems like Nate really has got a blind spot when it comes to Ray because Ray is clearly <laughs> like, acting crazy and evil. He starts punching him. He he's like, p- Ray, what's wrong, man? He's like, he just yeah. punched you. Clearly there's something yeah, steal wrong. Steal up. You
1: know? uh, yeah, I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. And he did and then he faded. I don't understand how that's, that can happen. Well I would have liked yeah, a better explanation I wondered why they did that because he
0: stealed up he, he got hit and then he unstealed. I think I think what it was supposed to be it, it didn't it didn't read very well, but I think it was supposed to be that because like Ray had the, already landed a punch or two by that point. He's right, yeah. like he tried to steal up, but he couldn't focus enough and so it, it, it went down. She should have
1: stealed up but I, I'm amazed that Well he didn't see it, the first punch. I know, coming. I know. So
0: after that, if that first punch like left him slightly concussed or something, then maybe But he was they had that long
1: to... ass brawl before before he got laid out yeah, for them. Uh, yeah, okay. Anyway, um,
0: yeah. And all the stuff with Zari. Um being sweet on Nate and the whole thing where they go, Sarah sets them up on like the, yeah, Nazi, the, the Nazi, Nazi fighting day. mission, the Indiana Jones the Indiana style <laughs> mission Jones. To, the, yes, to the past. That so was all good. fun. <laughs> um, and the stuff with uh, with her and Ava continues to be fun. Mm-hmm. And then what about the whole thing with, uh, I thought this was my favorite. Sometimes it's hard for me to get, you know oh, what's funny? Oh, with, what?
1: um, with what's his name?
0: With, uh, the... with Mick? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's hard for me to get a read on Dominic Purcell because he's, he's, his character is so disgruntled on the show. Yeah. That I look at it sometimes and I'm like, does the actor even enjoy being on the show? Because he seems so unhappy. You know what I mean? Like the, <laughs> the character seems yeah, yeah, perpetually yeah. so miserable, right? Yeah. Just drinking. All and and, own, and even when I see interviews with good. him, like he's so stone faced. And I'm like, is he enjoying himself on the show? Like I don't see how you could not enjoy yourself on the show. But right. see, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just I I can't I can't get a read on him as an actor. Uh. Whereas you see someone like Grant Gustin or Stephen Mellon in an interviews yeah, yeah. and they and they're so like they light joyful. up and they're like they they're loving their life and they're loving being on the show and they're loving the people they're working with and they're having the time of their life. Whereas he's like, Well, you know, oh, I'm like, what? I can't. I'm not getting anything from you. You know. Yeah, yeah. I read an interview recently where he said that he thinks that their show is the best of the CW shows because it can do anything, and he thinks that some of the other, because mm-hmm. like this is the kind of thing you probably shouldn't say, but if you've got a contract, I guess you've got a sure. contract. He's like, yeah, I think some of the other shows are kind of crap now because they're just doing the same thing over and over again, whereas Ooh. we can do anything. I think he was mostly talking about Arrow and the Flash. Oh, that's. Um, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't bother me that if you have those opinions, but it's. But at least I was like, oh, I guess he does like his show because those, those, those the first others... indication that I've gotten that yeah. he likes his show that he yeah. thinks it's better than. The anyway it's a long way of saying that that while i while i like him on the show i i i look at his character and like is he enjoying himself because he doesn't really get a lot to do a lot of the time he he's like if there's one character on the show that ends up being like shortchanged not the butt of the joke but sort of used as like a blunt instrument or as like a, an easy joke or you know what I mean? Yeah. It ends up being him more than any of the other characters. Yeah. He doesn't really get and a Gary. lot of exploratory character work.
1: Gary's gonna get some exploratory yeah, work. Yeah, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Like of
0: the main cast members, it seems like he gets the least to do. He he gets the fewest character rocks, especially since since um Wentworth Cat Miller Cold. left yeah. the show and he sort of lost his foil and the one guy that he really cared about, you know? Yeah. And you see like he formed a bit of an attachment with Here, okay. um with Ray, and then he had a bit of an attachment with um I'm blanking
1: The uh, um not Nick.
0: Not Alaya. Henry- well, Amaya. That's Amaya. Him.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, this is, oh, Not we both Amaya. have this,
0: mo- you know, this this, Frank. this Frank. creature inside Frank. Frankie? Are you... Who are you talking about? What's her name? Who?
1: Not Amaya. the shapeshifter. What's her real name? What's her name on
0: the the shapeshifter? Who? Who are you? T- oh, uh, Charlie.
1: Charlie. Okay, I, I knew it was. I know, a know who you um, Anyway, so <laughs>
0: the so, wrong one. so he doesn't get a he doesn't get a lot to do, and, and I don't really get a lot from him, like in PR stuff. So I, it's hard for me to tell. Like, is he? Is he even like trying really? Because he does seem like when you look at him in interviews, mm-hmm. he does seem like the kind of guy who could play the character a character like Heatwave without having to try very hard. Because it doesn't seem like that far from his normal stone faced, grumpy personality. But then in an episode like this, I'm like, oh man, like there's like you can there's actually see that there's there's a lot of there's mm-hmm. acting going on in there, you know. So I, I don't know. It, <laughs> I've it, seen him it, in it other like stuff. A lot, it like he a knows lot of how back-handed. to
1: act. <laughs> it's
0: not that I, it's not that I don't think he knows how to act. It's just that a combination of stuff I've seen from him outside of the show, like in not, not, not in other roles, but like in PR stuff and interviews and stuff right. like that, combined with how implacable and stone-faced and grumpy he is on the show, yeah. makes me feel like he's either really good in this role or he just doesn't care anymore and is completely, <laughs> completely <laughs> miserable. right just put right? on this and It's like yeah. life-influencing art. But, but in this episode, it's like, I don't know, I, maybe, it's, maybe it doesn't tell me one way or the other. Maybe he, maybe he doesn't care most of the time. And in this episode, he cares because he's actually being given something to play. I don't know. But it, it does, this episode does make me think that he actually is care. He does actually does care and is giving it his all. And it's just, it only really shows itself when it deviates from the norm. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And in this episode, he obviously had the, had great stuff to do with the, with the At romance novel convention and so everything good. like that. So good. Um, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Was, it,
1: it was nice to yeah, see his character he, get some more.
0: It's interesting because his character has actually had a, pretty i mean it's a weird arc it's like a humorous arc where he goes sure. from being this hardened criminal to like the softy romance author um it's ridiculous but it, it's an arc you know and i feel like it has actually been fairly well executed. well yeah. laid out like there yeah. haven't been any weird swerves nope. or stuff that came out of nowhere it's, you know what i mean yeah so yeah so i i enjoyed that aspect of it too and and um i've seen people say that um Maisie, Maisie richardson sellers who played amaya now plays charlie mm-hmm um is so much more fun to i mean amaya was never like i don't know i liked her she wasn't like a fun character necessarily no she was like a a noble serious heroic character yeah but she's just doesn't the actress seem like she's having a lot more fun (laughs) now (laughs) yes and and i've heard it said that a lot of it has to do with the fact she's able to use an accent which is a lot closer if not exactly the same but a lot closer to her normal british Mm -hmm. accent Mm -hmm. and with some actors that really frees them up you know they don't have to focus 50 percent of their energy on doing a voice they can just play the character.
1: True.
0: There are some actors who can adopt an accent and have it only occupy like 0.1% of their yeah. acting ability. Yeah. But then there's, there's other actors who, like, I've seen, like, for example, and, and I know that this is an actor you really like, so I hope that I'm not stepping on your toes here, but like David Tennant, for example. Yes. He is, he is wonderful when he's allowed to do an David accent which is Tennant. kind of close to his normal Scottish accent, sure. like a British accent or whatever. Like, they yeah. even let him use it on Jessica Jones, and he was and, great, right? And
1: Broadchurch. Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah, and in What?
1: They'd, no, he didn't have a Scottish accent in, in Jessica Jones.
0: He had a British accent. I can't, I don't, I'm not sure if it was Scottish or English, but he was doing a British accent. Oh, he was not tell a Ameri-
1: Scotsman he's a Brit. Well, don't do it. Whatever. <laughs>
0: um, but in stuff that he's been in where he's being forced to do an American accent. And, mm. and I've seen people say that he is like, he, first of all, his accent, his American accent is not great. So there's that. But secondly, it's like, it seems like he's just, he's, he's having to, it's like you're trying to act through mud or something, you know, like it's just, you're having to put a layer over your performance. You're having to yes. occupy some amount of your processing speed right. doing the like, accent and it's not going towards You know who I feel like he's doing
1: that is uh, Benedict Cumberbatch.
0: As Doctor Strange? Yeah. There's a little bit of that there. There's a bit I, of that I've there. gotten used to it. And I think like in the, in the Avengers movies, he's, he's better. And Doctor Strange, it, it really was taking me out of yes. it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And his accent is maybe a little all over the place in that, but. I think that, he, A, he got, he got better at it, and B, I think it's just, I have got used to it more.
1: It, both. Yeah, the confluence um, of those things. So who yeah. knows
0: what it is, really. But yeah, I think that she, anyway, it's a long I way of saying that. I think point. that the actress is, just, fee- just feels like she's able to inhabit the again? character. Maisie... The actress's name? Maisie Richardson-Seller. Mm. That's not going to stick in your mind. You'll have forgotten it five minutes no, from now.
1: But at least I know there are three names, and the first one's Maisie. Right. So I'm getting closer.
0: So Arrow, this was an interesting episode. So this one was called Confessions. This was the whole... This, I've seen this build. as like, oh, this is the true crime. This is the procedural episode, right? Yep. And it's kind of like an episode of it. I don't know. I, have, I don't watch a lot of cop shows. The closest I came was watching CSI, which is more about, you know, the investigation and the science. It was about, like, interrogations or actual police work, necessarily. And certainly didn't have, like, a flashback Rashomon-style structure like this one <laughs> had. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it was very much like the framing sequence was the interrogation rooms at the police headquarters and Dinah was conducting the investigations and all the characters were telling the stories of what happened. It was interesting. I liked it very much. It was
1: was slightly off format, but it was... I liked it
0: a lot. The only thing that was bugging me throughout the episode was it really felt like Dinah was coming down harder on her friends than she would. Like, unless she had, like, if she had clear-cut evidence, like if she had seen with her own eyes Oliver murdering an innocent child or something, that would be one thing. But if all she has is like circumstantial evidence and like erased videotape files. Right. She would not become, she would put her, she would have to like go through the motions because she's going to do her job as police captain. But she wouldn't be this personally angry with them and this personally against them. She'd be like more willing to listen to them. Antagonistic. Yeah, she wouldn't be that antagonistic. And then of course we learn at the end that it was all an act. So it makes sense. But throughout the episode, it was bothering me. I'm like, she seems out of character. Like she would not be coming down this hard on her friends unless she knew for a fact they had done something wrong, you know? Right. Um,
1: I thought, mm, you know, what I thought that act because hmm. I had that, f- I had that same exact reflection. But you know how I justified it in my mind that she was disappointed that she w- didn't, she wasn't told oh, that something. Would,
0: oh, I thought you were going to say she was disappointed she didn't get invited on the mission because that's the thing we don't even learn that she was there until oh, the very last. Yeah, sequence I know. Of flashbacks. No,
1: but you know what? No, <sighs> okay.
0: That would have been petty.
1: No, no, no. I wasn't going the petty route. I was going the professional route. The professionally not slighted because again it's not about her ego it's about the breach of trust no i know what you mean you know like i felt like her trust had been breached that she worked so hard to legitimize a currently illegal status for her friends for for lack of better partners and friends so that she could herself um work with them and and bring them into the light as it were and show the city that not all vigilantes are bad and she worked so hard to make this happen and they went behind her back and it blew up in their face and she wasn't at all involved she wasn't like uh consulted they broke their end of the agreement and she was pissed and yeah. i would i would that's how I justified I it in my mind. I wouldn't you know? have liked like that her.
0: I wouldn't have liked that because I felt like they've hit that note in the story already. Like she's been yes. mad at them multiple times already yeah. for, for doing things more the vigilante way in the, why the Bible I went way. There. And yes, it could have escalated that could have been building up to this one moment where it comes to a head. Yeah. But I felt like they'd hit that note already. We've seen that beat already. And I felt like I thought so too. they but, should do something different.
1: But that's why I was confused during the thing. I was like, what happened here that she didn't know? And and I didn't really think about her anger. It didn't really Affect me at all because I, I, I felt like it was a given that she would be angry that this happened on her watch but without her knowledge. Do you know what I mean? And so that's why I was like, yeah. what, what happened? I, what made them I wouldn't not have bought that because they,
0: they did the whole thing where, they, where the, the setup, the conception, as unrealistic as it may be, is that the team is allowed to operate more or less autonomously out of the bunker and doesn't necessarily even need direct oversight of the police on any given op, op that they go on, right? So okay. So, yes, things can go bad, but things can go bad with any police job like, like you could send a bunch of b-cops out yeah, there and but, things could go wrong and people could die and you right, don't necessarily let's, come let's down on...
1: reality for a moment and and not assume that everything i just is think that as an experience I, 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 that would but... have
0: bothered me because as an experience i guess she's not actually that experienced but as, as, <laughs> as, as what we are being led to believe is like an experienced police captain you know
1: hang on a sec now she's got she's like been two captain or for three like a years. year. I don't know. I thought, I thought I felt like it was long. She
0: came in as like a, a an officer or a detective or something, and then within two or three years she was made captain because basically everybody else was either dead or corrupt. So I think we're supposed hey, you to. You know what? <laughs> it's not that she. It's not that she didn't earn it. It's not that she's not good in the job. It's just calling her like a veteran of the of the Star City Police Force is probably no, not a Star
1: City came. Police Force, but wherever she came from before. Yeah, she was that. like an undercover detective she in was Central very, City. Yeah, yeah. She was but a- as a
0: leader. As a leader and a bureaucrat and a politician. Okay, you know, bureaucrat, all the politician, roles that those are the things. Hey man,
1: somebody's got to start somewhere. Yeah, I'm just saying like Commissioner Gordon, like we were talking about in the last episode, was uh, uh, that the title of commissioner is a political figure as well as the head of police. You know, you have to serve both those roles. And so this is, it makes sense to me that she got promoted into a position where she knows one half of the job, but she's learning the other half, the political half. I don't know. So, I, I'm digging it. So I asked you, Hashtag I asked you power. after the
0: episode. I can't remember what, you, <laughs> what, what your answer was. Is As we were watching it, what did you think? That, because it was pretty obvious that there was going to be some sort of big reveal. Yeah, like somebody, of one of our guys yeah, was going to be have, complicit in something. Yeah, yeah. And when it was revealed or seemingly revealed by Oliver that, oh, I was just covering for my sister because even though she's evil, I didn't want everybody to know how evil, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, That's plausible, you know, and I could have believed that coming from this show, but it would have been a disappointment after such a really good episode. It would have been like, okay, yeah, this is the whole, I don't believe my, the villain is is fully evil yet, and I want one last chance to redeem them, especially if I happen to be related to them sure. thing that the, that these shows do all that the time. That old chestnut. Um,
1: yeah, so, and then... It, so
0: I was happy that there was a, a big extra twist. reveal after that, but what did you think the reveal was going to be?
1: Do you know, I couldn't put it together. It was one of those things... Sometimes when I'm enjoying the shows here, I I let myself shut my brain off. And I just, I go along for the ride. I thought it was going
0: to be one of our guys. Although I feel like we've kind of seen this. I was lazy watching this (laughs) one. We've kind of seen this before. I can't remember the specific example. But I feel like we've seen examples of our guys like getting people killed accidentally or like shooting someone. Hasn't there been a thing where someone like accidentally...
1: Well, Thea was having her bloodlust, which is why he recognized the signals in Right. But wasn't there
0: a thing at some point where one of our guys... Killed someone because, oh, yeah maybe I'm thinking of the thing where Oliver thought he was killing Prometheus, but it was actually Felicity's then boyfriend in the Prometheus costume. Oh, yes. Remember? Yes. I, I, mm-hmm. I just feel like we've seen the beat before of like our guys think they're doing the right thing, but right. they're actually killing an innocent person. So I thought like one of our guys was like it was going to be a tense firefight situation yeah. and they were going to wheel around and fire off a bunch of shots and yeah. one some of them just ended up hitting these cops, something like that. We're thinking where they're not really guilty, but they're like responsible in a way and that yeah. was going to be the thing. Um, but I didn't see it coming, where Roy like legit goes off and murders these guys and brutally beats them to death, basically. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't even make the connection at first with the Lazarus pits. I thought that he was working through something. I thought when Oliver went over to talk to him, I thought it was going to be revealed that something had happened to Thea, like she was injured or they'd broken up or something. And so he was, but even that would be like that would be hard to believe that even like something like that would be enough to push him to murder innocent people. so yeah. it, it would have to be something this drastic like the whole resurrection thing. I feel like resurrection has been so, has become so common on these shows that now it just happens off screen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. feel like
0: every time you meet up with someone on the show that you haven't seen in a while, you should just ask, okay, now have you died and come back to life? This is the last time I see you. Because if so, yeah. we need to look out for these warning signs. Right. And then you pull down the yeah. thing and you like pick out the long pointer and you're like, you know, be aware, watch out for these warning signs. Yeah. <laughs> Increased blood pressure, you know, trouble sleeping. Red murder- eyes. Murdering patrolmen, you know. Um, <laughs> So yeah,
1: patrolmen. I thought for sure that they were, what do you call them? Ninth circle lackeys, but it turned out to be because Oh, Felicity you thought it was had going had to be revealed so. that
0: they were the cops were secretly evil. Yeah. I didn't think they would do that either. That would have no, felt but like they, a cop they
1: Sorry. <laughs> Funny. They, they mentioned that that was a possibility. Yes, they like, did. What's they did. But said? I think
0: that was setting you up. At, either either that was a coincidence on the writer's part or that they were setting you up to think that that would be a possible out for the episode that they then subverted expectations right. by not taking well, um, it's
1: kind of weird that Felicity would say that, and then but, but I it bet it was true. I bet there up.
0: were Ninth Circle guys there. Addresses. I'm trying to remember if we actually saw evidence of that. But it it could be true, and maybe even it was true. It was just that these guys happened to be legit cops, and okay. anybody other than Roy in his in in the being in the situation that he was in, anybody else would have obviously made sure Not, that they weren't ninth, yeah. made sure that they were Ninth Circle before attacking them, let alone killing. Them. Right. Um, and it's interesting that they that they did it with Roy. Yeah. Um, it's 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 just sort of starting to see how you can end up with the Roy we've seen in the future from this where he's like seemingly in isolation on the island yeah, again although name. that's like 30, 20 years from, so who knows um, what what happens between now and then but the idea with him fight having like the fight this thing inside him is very much in line with his character in the comics where he's usually he's fighting his inner demons in one yeah. way or another be it alcohol or drugs or, or yeah. whatever or just his own worst impulses if not addiction out and out addiction you know Yeah. so I feel like that that that's a better fit for his character than it would have been if they'd had like Diggle go off the deep end. It's interesting like
1: that. that they gave that to both the Red Arrows in this in the show, you know, because they gave that yeah. story to Thea. I as think well. they just
0: sort of it just sort of worked out that way. Because, <laughs> yeah, because the, that was the whole that was part of Thea's whole arc. And then the way they wrote them out was Roy goes off with Thea to find the Lazarus pits, and yep. so if they wanted a way to explain why Roy is more dangerous when he comes back, well, there are, the Lazarus pits are right there because that was their mission, Absolutely. and so we'll just, you know, I think yep. it just worked out. I think the whole, the whole symmetry of it is largely a, a happy accident based on the way that the plot, like the direction of the plot, see kind it of rhymes. Put, yeah. Um, so this episode of Doom Patrol was really good. This was called Cyborg Patrol. Ah, oh, uh, so, so good. when the uh, Vic is imprisoned in the Ant farm and the rest of the guys have to go break him out. Yeah. And there's some nice um subversions of expectations where at first you think that maybe Rita didn't didn't want to come along right. or, or sort of bowed out, and then it turns out she's the key to the whole thing. Yep. Um Lynchpin. Uh we think that Vic. So there's a bunch of back and forth with Vic. At first we we feel like we're learning more and more about like how twisted his father is and his his designs for mm-hmm. his son, you know? Yeah. Um but then we see Silas um Working with a team, and it seems like well, he certainly seems like he's a nice guy. Yeah. So we're not quite sure who to believe. Um, and then there's a the whole thing at the end where it turns out Mr. Nobody was feeding these false memories and false images into to uh, into into grid into yeah, grid. into Vic's operating system. And it seems like so when when Vic beat him up, I'm like, oh, he's just like he's beat him up real bad. Yeah. But I guess we're left to believe that he's dead, right? Like yeah. you see the whole thing where he's cradling him and he won't wake up. I mean, I guess they could reveal that he's not really dead. But if I feel like at this point, that's a dark turn. The way, turn for the way it was left, that would really undercut. Yeah, especially with the whole thing where he feels responsible for his mother's death, yeah. and we have this. And now sus- he is responsible right. for his well, father's death. Well, I mean, we have, so we have the suspicion that the thing with his mother, because we remember like he p- throws something to, ca- to camera left, and then the explosion comes from camera right or something right. like that, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, he's not wholly responsible for his father's death because he was being manipulated, but he's more responsible here because he still had a choice, right? right. With his mother, it could have just been an accident or something. We don't know yet, right? Um, but with this. I mean, it gets brought he up. chose not to believe his father. He chose yeah. to believe his operating system over his father. And moreover, he chose to demonstrate that by brutally beating him and not just, right. you know, trying to run away from him or, or stunning him, him or something. Or, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah That's it's, it's dark.
1: Upsetting. Yeah. yeah, that was that was really dark. And that sucks. I, wonder I if really they, hope that he's not dead. I wonder if I they felt they needed
0: be. to um, give him.
1: I think that everybody a, like a dark, else. I think they wanted to make him. Yeah, they wanted to make him a part of the Doom Patrol, and everybody yeah, else has serious yeah. baggage. Well, guess what? <laughs> now now you've got some. Now too. he's now he's Doom Here's Patrol yours. through and
0: through. He's not. He's not Teen Titans or, nope. or Justice League. Nope. not to say that you can't. You can't be on one of the nice teams just because Afterwards. you've made just because you've made mistakes, but. That's a heck of a mistake to come back from. But yeah, I think you're right. I think that this—I think that this season he felt like an odd inclusion in the show to me because he's never been a member of the Doom Patrol in the comics. He's been classically he's been a Teen Titan, and then he's been a member of. Well, you give me a weird look. Did you not know that? No. Well, you know, he was classically he was a Teen Titan, right? Sure. The whole you know. But I thought earlier in this show
1: you told me that he was associated somehow with the Doom Patrol. No,
0: he was. He was. uh, No, are you thinking of Beast Boy? Beast Boy is the one that was like a member of the Doom Patrol and then a Titan. Yes. But yes, there's not, never really mm-hmm. been much crosstalk between, I guess Bumblebee was on both for a while, but normally the Doom Patrol are often like they're doing their own weird thing, and there's not really much back and forth between uh-huh. them and the other teams as far as their rosters. Now, he was a Teen Titan for, for like 30 years, and then with the New 52, they sort of bumped him up to the Justice League. But he was never a member of the Doom Patrol, so he felt like an, an odd inclusion here. You could kind of see how you get there, because he has the whole sort of body horror thing going on. You sure. know what I mean? He has this dark origin, and and he's wrestling with his own inner demons, be it his operating system or the fact that he feels like, you know, the thing that every single story in the comics about him is about is whether he's, oh, how will I know when I'm no longer human and I'm more machine right. than yep. man, like the mm-hmm. story they keep telling over and over with him. Um, so it kind of felt like they you could see how you could how you could get to being like a character on Doom Patrol from there, but it really feels like well, the other characters' arcs this season are about them sort of overcoming their Flaws, or like learning baggage. to accept them, or learning to be a team, not or whatever flaws, else. Flaws, baggage. Yeah. Well, in some cases, they're flaws. Another like being an adulterer is a flaw. Sure. <laughs> there's there's baggage associated with that, but that is, I would say, a character flaw. Um, what do you give me a squinty look because
1: for? Because that part is way over. He the
0: he yeah yeah no, because, now, because now because now we have we're seeing him grow past it. I'm not saying he's still yeah. an adulterer, but that was something he did do, and now he's growing beyond that and overcoming it and trying to like redeem himself. I know, it.
1: but that's what you call baggage.
0: Yeah, but I'm saying it can be both baggage and a character. Sure. Right? Like, with Larry, being gay is not a flaw, but it is baggage that he carries, whereas with Cliff, being an adulterer yeah, is the a character bag- flaw choices, and yeah. baggage. Yeah, yeah. Um, but with Vic, they're giving him like, and with everybody else, it feels like their characters are kind of on the upswing. upswing with his yeah. arc is kind of about like him coming down to the dirt with the rest of the team, you know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. And then, it, you know, presumably season two or whatever will We'll will shape be it up a more traditional again. cyborg story, where he'll like he'll learn to like overcome these things. And I don't know. I wonder if they're. I don't know. Like if his father's really dead, that is pretty dark. Like yeah. there's no, there's no coming. Back I mean, there's no that. taking back any of the other things they did. Like Larry can't take back the years that he missed with his love. Right? Like yeah. Vic can't. Um, Cliff can't take back. Right? The fact that he got caused that car crash and got his wife killed and missed all those years with his daughter. Yeah. Rita can't take back. The way she used to treat people, and whatever that weird thing with the baby is that she keeps seeing in yeah. her memories or visions yeah. or whatever,
1: and that lady that killed right. herself, Jane Jane can't on her account.
0: take back like she can't just stop being sixty four different people. personalities, yeah. right? Um, so there's no take, there's no taking this back for Vic, but with a lot of the others, there's no taking it back either. But I don't know because this is literally killing someone with their bare hands. It feels more, it feels more final. Like even Larry got to have some measure of closure with John. Was it John? I can never remember yeah. his name. Um, in the in the previous episode right and yeah. cliff has sort of reached a position where he's like at peace at peace somewhat with his situation father fatherhood in a way like maybe he'll come back around to He being... found
1: a happiness for his daughter after seeing that she loved right. her adopted daughter and jane
0: jane has like Come, she's got a long way to go and this might not be, this might just be who she is. It might not be something she can be cured of, you know, not right. all people with these issues can be cured or even necessarily want to be cured, but um, but the whole thing was she re- realized that her abusive father was at the root of everything, you know, coming up out of the well or whatever that yeah, was. Yeah. You know? um,
1: Realizing the truth wasn't the end of her personality. Yeah,
0: so I feel like their their arcs are kind of on the upswing. Sure. You know, and they're sort of coming to, coming to terms with things, whereas his arc Maybe in season two, will be about. I don't know how you come to terms with this, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Anyway,
0: so I remember where I was coming around, it's like, they feel like they're nothing that none of the mistakes the other characters did. Um, With the, I guess maybe the one exception is Cliff, because the car accident he caused did kill his wife. But I guess you could say that maybe that accident wasn't entirely his fault because that truck was like jackknifed yeah. against the road, right? Yeah. Like the truck was probably not supposed to be there. So it was probably mostly at fault. But, um, to a certain degree, the others are able to repair some of the damage they did to right. their relationships or to their own minds or or whatever. But you can't, Vic can't repair this unless he literally. Do hmm, you think he might try to resurrect his father using his technology, the way that his father resurrected him? That would Ooh. be an interesting twist. I've never seen that sort of cyborg story before. Knowing that, knowing because there have been cyborg stories before, and they must. You know
1: what I thought? I thought that Mister Nobody. Uh, was, presented another head. illusion,
0: yeah. Yeah, I thought of that, but I think that would feel like a cop out if the next episode opens with, oh, but it, it was would all mean that dream.
1: Silas didn't die.
0: I know, but there, what I was gonna say is there have been some cyborg stories of, of middling quality that were about, um, will Vic allow others to go through what he went through? Mm, um, yes, okay. even if they even if they want it because say they're amputees or whatever yeah. and they want a better life or they think it would be cool to be a cyborg or whatever. Or it's being or they're like military volunteers as part of some government program to turn them into super soldiers, or like some company gets a hold of his technology and they want to um, commercialize it, and he has to try to stop it because he feels it's too dangerous. There's been some cyborg stories about him trying to like contain what was done to him, stop it from being reproduced because of, he knows how hard it was for him and what it feels like to be like this right yeah um so it would be interesting here if maybe they did something like that but 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 I don't think I've ever seen a cyborg story where he was faced with the decision, Do I, this person in front of me is dying and it's someone I care about. Do I save them by doing what was done to me, to them? I don't think I've ever seen him, I could be wrong, but I don't think I've ever seen him presented with that choice, let alone being his own father, the person who did it to him. That's an interesting position to put him. Part of me wonders if that's what they're going to do. Even if it, whether it works or not, I wonder if the next episode is going to be about him trying to use this technology, like injecting it into his father, like Borg-like, to try to bring him back while he's sobbing and everybody else is going to be like, Vic, he's already dead. Like, it's not going to, you were at least alive when this was done to you, right? Yeah. It's not going to work. But he, he feels like he has to try, like he just won't give up and maybe it works and maybe it doesn't. Maybe he brings Ooh, him back as like a zombie or something. Who knows? Um,
1: well, the nanite. Ooh, yeah, the I mean. Protocol. It's, it's, if it recognizes his cellular DNA. It's crazy <sighs> make
0: him up science. If they want to say sure. that his technology is capable of reviving someone who's only been dead for a few minutes, because there wasn't significant brain damage or whatever, right. or then awesome they could always make that happen, or you so could bring him back, def- but he's not quite the same. Enough. well,
1: you wouldn't be right, anyway. I,
0: but but I mean, but I mean, like mentally, personality-wise, because he suffered did suffer brain damage, right. and the technology repaired his brain, but now he's a different person. Like maybe now he's more like lobot or whatever, or not. You know? Yeah. I know that would be an interesting thing. I'm not sure if that's the way they're going to go, but it, I'm, it would be an interesting direction to go with that story. You know? Yep. Because someone who is, who is self-loathing in that way, in a, in a lot of ways, um, now the shoe's on the other foot. you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Now, now he's sort of forced to, um, to wrestle with the fact that maybe what was done to him was done out of love, was done out of necessity, because now he's seeing that he would do the same thing if put in a similar situation. And maybe even if it fails, right? Even if he fails to bring his father back, the fact that he might try or the fact that the thought might even occur to him might put him on the path to understanding his father more like even though if he's now gone he'd be like now i understand why he did what he did because i was i tried to do the same thing so maybe he can start to forgive his father and come to accept himself more you know when he comes at the other end of that that might be one way because at least it would kind of because at least it would kind of redeem it would it would it would mean that this is not just a terrible thing that happened to him but is actually like an it's unfortunate obviously and terrible but it can lead him ultimately to a better place place. you know that he might well, not have gotten go. there if this hadn't happened you know
1: yeah those those writers need you on their team is basically I mean, it's maybe end. it's a little too predictable <laughs> i mean that's
0: literally the most that's literally the most like dramatically ironically appropriate thematically appropriate thing that could happen and the show is very unpredictable so it might not necessarily do the most thematically appropriate yeah definitely. but i just think, feel like what did you think of
1: the um the attacking butts
0: <laughs> I don't know where that came from. It's very, it's very Doom Patrol. Yeah. It is Doom Patrol, isn't it? Because the one guy just says earlier just says like, butts or something. Like, the the, the general no. No, but way, way, way at the beginning, you had, like one yeah. of the like the weird military guy who seemed like he wasn't quite all there. <gasps> what he was just was like that whispered about? butts at one point. What did he say? Did he say did he did, he, did you even notice? Yeah. He just he's like he whispered did. butts at one point at the beginning. I'm like, what was it? What did he, he say? Some... Did he say butts? hmm Or like and then yep. like 40 minutes later it pays off. I'm like, what is with that? That guy was weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like
1: no, he was a figurehead. That's what it was.
0: Yeah, but he almost seemed like he was like weird, like infantilized. He was a
1: puppet. He was an absolute puppet. And he must have but
0: He didn't even like, seem he he must like have he was achieved... all there. He seemed like this, he had this weird childlike demeanor No, I
1: know. Him. It's clearly somebody... Exactly. It's clearly somebody who achieved the rank and position, but something must have happened to him that left him in a near childlike
0: state. But they're just, state, they're just keeping him just there because, kept him because there he's wearing sign a figurehead. all the checks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah.
1: So that's what that was all about elaborate thing that worked out to be a product placement sandwich.
0: I was wondering if they were going to have like a bunch of, not cameos necessarily, but if they were going to use the escapees here to establish a bunch of characters for future episodes. Like I was expecting to see like Flex Mentallo run out of one of the cells. You know what I was Ah. expecting actually? I was the guy that was next to Vic in the cell next to Vic. Yeah. Because he had like the big bushy Bushy beard. Bushy hair. I'm trying to remember in the comics, I think when they first found Flex Mentallo in the comics, he had forgotten who he was and that oh. he was the hero of the beach and all of his powers. And he was living as like this really scraggly bearded guy, like a homeless man or something. But then when he was reminded of who he was, like he, he, he did the whole thing. Up, yeah. So part of me was wondering if this is, Oh, is, the, is that him? Like, is, is he going to be what under all the that hair? What about the
1: super hearing? What was that about? Because he heard um, grid.
0: You know what I think? So I hadn't, I hadn't thought back on that and tried to make sense of it in light of what we learned later. But could it be that, you're right, it wouldn't make any sense for him to be able to hear a grid. But what would make sense is if, like, what we learn later is Mr. Nobody is responsible. Was toying for, with if stuff. He, if Mr. Nobody was literally, like, whispering in his mm-hmm, ear, mm-hmm. Prote- like, posing his grid, and Vic couldn't see it. But the guy in the hi- cell next to him could can hear Alan Tudyk's voice <laughs> whispering to Vic. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: maybe that is Flex Mentalo. Mentalo? How do you say I always him?
0: said Mentalo, but they said Mentalo, so I'm going to have to go with that. It's kind of oh. like Mentalo, the, the villain. Yeah, you know?
1: yeah, it does sound like um it. But what if? I mean, hmm. maybe yeah, it could be. Cellmate. I don't know. Could I think
0: be. he's supposed to be in the next episode, the Flexmental character. Yeah. So maybe that is him. I'm not sure if I'll recognize him if he shows up all clean shaven. But maybe if Vic is like, "Oh, hey, you were the guy," and like, yeah. oh, they have a scene where he's shaving.
1: Seven one two two or whatever the. Because it is because
0: otherwise, I mean, it like it feels like they're setting that character up for something. But it could just be there as like a weird thing. Like Vic's got this weird neighbor. Is there to establish just how long yes. you can be kept yeah, here without it. getting out, mm-hmm. and just how crazy you can go. And how, like, used to it you can kind of get at the yeah, same yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Like, that could, be all, that could be all that character was there to serve, but it could just, it could also be that he's there to do that and set up something for yeah. so, a Stuff know. comes back in the show in ways that you don't necessarily expect. Like, exactly. in a lot of other shows, they're like oh, I see what they're doing. They're setting something up here for later. But in this show, it's like oh, I never expected
1: something from episode like, one pops we, up. We, we were we one. were even talking yeah. in
0: the first episode about you know when you saw a little bit about Larry and the fact that he had like the secret boyfriend or whatever. Yeah. Like oh, we'll probably never see any more about that. And then it kept coming. They kept learning yeah. more and more about their situations and his life later. And now he's an old man and all this stuff. Right? Mm-hmm. Like we did, we thought the whole thing with Cliff having this daughter that maybe survived. Like oh, maybe they'll do, get to that in like season three. Like no, they kept
1: developing yeah. it. So yeah. yep.
0: They they bring stuff back in, in ways that you don't race. think yeah. they're going to.
1: Where's Ezekiel the, the cockroach? That's what I want to know. Yeah. The end is near. <laughs> That's it for our shows. Yeah. Well, if you want to reach out to us, uh, we have an email address, mailbag at smartspodcast.com. On Twitter, we are at smartspodcast. On Facebook, it's facebook.com slash smartspodcast. And our website is www.smartspodcast.com. How about a funny sound for us? I don't have one. How about... That's Ezekiel running away. I see.